I'm Austin Lugo. I'm Andrew Harp. This is With Nothing to Say. Let's talk about Bad Santa. Bad Santa. The worst Santa. The most... He's bad. Evil. He's doing the bad things. He's the titular bad He's Santa. He's drinking the alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> Describe this movie to me, Andrew. It's a misery experience. You know, it's a black comedy that likes to kind of poke fun of and make ironic the Christmas time, where the Christmas time is like a time for, you know, family and joy and stuff like that. Bad Santa is like a Christmas movie kind of like really showing how the world really is because that's basically the movie in a nutshell that's thesis 2003 directed by terry's wig off i'm a big fan of wig off i've seen he's directed very few movies and i've seen two others he directed this movie called crumb which is a documentary about robert crumb artist and cartoonist one of the best documentaries i've ever seen about an artist i love it it's like a very very good movie and around this time, early 2000s, he did the film adaptation of the graphic novel Ghost World. Really? Also really good movie. I don't know if you've seen that. I haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. Really, really good. That movie is very similar to this movie in a lot of ways. It's kind of interesting. It's also very interesting. This movie, of course, is uh, produced by uh, the Weinsteins. <laughs> but they're also produced by the Coen brothers, which is interesting. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> um, it, it's kind of weird. If you go on Letterboxd, it's like, you know, Joel and Ethan Coen, they produce for Eden. The only movies that they produce are their own movies and this one. <laughs> like, this is the only, this is like the only movie that isn't really like written or directed by them that they produced. Yeah. And it's just a movie about this piece of crap guy played by Billy Bob Thornton. He's in cahoots with this other guy. Willie, he, he plays a Santa, and he has a little person assistant uh, named Marcus. I really like the beginning of the movie because I feel like they do a really good job of kind of explaining and showing how their plan works. Mm-hmm. Like, it, like they start out like in the beginning, they're like in a, um, they're like uh, in a mall and they're like, okay, it's a mall Santa, but he sucks. Like he's, <laughs> you know, he's like really bad and mean and he doesn't care and he has a dwarf assistant, Marcus, who's like a little bit more animated. And then they leave them all. But as they're leaving, Marcus like disguises himself. He stops the security and he and Willie break into like the safe and they steal a bunch of stuff from it. They're like, oh, okay. You know, for kid pictures and stuff, they do it like for no money. But later they plan out robbing them all. And that's pretty much what their thing is. And then they leave and go to another city. What's interesting about this movie, and I think... I've always had a hard time discriminating between a comedy and a tragedy, especially you know if you look at Shakespeare or the Greek tragedies, or you know you go way way back, but you know even a lot of modern films. I find the separation between the two can often be thin, because if you look at like this movie. Like, without the comedic elements, if you explain this movie without describing these kind of little funny, quirky moments, it really does, and I guess the ending, which we'll get into later, it really does play like a tragedy. Like, Billy Bob Thornton, 
his life is pretty miserable and he does not live a very happy life. And you look at all these characters, most of them are living pretty sad, miserable existences. Like it's not a very... Which is why it's the most realistic Christmas movie ever made. Because <laughs> it's sad. Yeah, life isn't like it's a wonderful life. You know what I mean? Like It's not um, shop around the corner. I love those movies. Well, I haven't seen It's a Wonderful Life. <laughs> I like, the, I like the, the spirit of them. But yeah, Bad Santa is more realistic. <laughs> Although it is a little... Uh, Billy Bob Thornton's like his alcoholism. It's like so like astronomical. <laughs> he drinks so much. He drinks constantly. Like he acts drunk the entire movie. That's a little astronomical, but yeah, that's why it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, you were talking about how it's like very tragic. And like, when you look at the movie poster, like I'm looking out on Wikipedia, I think, uh, the movie's marketed more as like a, like a silly, yeah. like gross out comedy, like from around this time when it's not really, it's more kind of like an indie low key, <laughs> tragic, miserable drama mm -hmm. than like a comedy. It's funny. I think it's a funny movie for the most part. But it's not really like that crazy or intense or silly. Yeah, I was definitely expecting coming into this movie, again, knowing pretty much nothing about it. And, you know, coming out in 2003, that was just going to be like your classic kind of 2003, you know, big time kind of comedy, which I find the 2000s to be one of my uh, least favorite eras for comedies. It's just pretty weak in, in the comedy realm to be honest there's not a lot of good stuff that comes out of that era and i was expecting this to be that which there are moments that are like that and there's definitely some stuff in this film that did not age spectacularly there's certainly some uh jokes that aren't perhaps the most appropriate and if they came out in a film today like not having seen bad santa 2 but i'm sure bad santa 2 kind of remedied some of those jokes that i mean it's one thing for jokes to be offensive and you know as a dark comedy it needs a certain offensiveness but there are some jokes that perhaps which was very common for the time but you know certainly wouldn't land the same way today but i think it's funny for the most part but it's not like a like i said it's not a laugh riot yeah, it's more just kind of about like a vibe honestly it's more about how disgusting everything is and how awful everything is but the thing about it too, and we'll get it to the end, it sort of still has like an elevating moment. Despite how miserable ever the movie is and how everyone is, there's still like moments or maybe a moment where that's sort of like remedied, which is why it's interesting and why it's at least like somewhat worth watching uh, just for that in itself. Yeah. Billy Bob Thornton, he's out there. He's getting drunk. Yeah, he's out there. <laughs> he's, he's pretty good. He's getting drunk. Yeah. It's a very simple reveal, but Billy Bob Thorne, he's like behind the bar, like in Miami, and he's like mixing drinks and stuff. And you're like, oh, okay, like he like works at a bar now. And then the bartender comes over and he's like, I told you not to go by. And they go and they get into like a fight and stuff. And you're like, oh, okay, he's just like stealing stuff. And he gets a call and they head to Phoenix to do their little thing again. And uh, when they get to the mall, they talk to like the manager, played by John Ritter. And he like curses in front of them. Mm -hmm. A lot, a lot of vulgarity, a lot of like language and stuff in this movie. Very fun, very enjoyable. You know, Billy Bob Thornton, like Bernie Mac in the movie. I can imagine someone being like, "Bernie Mac, he's so fucking funny. Oh my god, I'm gonna go see it." Bernie Mac, like he's funny, but is he's not like like doing a shtick. You know what I mean? He's just kind of playing a serious role almost. I actually expected him because again, this is 2003 that Bernie Mac would be 
in a lot more of it. And I also, again, having the expectations of a classic 2003 comedy, that his role would be sort of that Bernie Mac shtick and, you know, it'd be kind of facetious. But I think there is something interesting in the fact that this film takes itself... I don't want to say it takes itself seriously, but it never seems to be comedic only for comedic effect. I mean, there's a lot of like absurdities in it, and Billy Bob Thornton in this movie is perhaps one of the drunkest men alive. But saying that, like, it's, I guess there's nothing really ridiculous about this. Like, even like the heist itself. I mean, even looking at this heist compared to like a classic heist movie or even a more modern heist movie like Ocean's Eleven or what have you. It's pretty grounded and realistic in like what the heist is like. There's nothing really absurd in the heist. Like it's pretty, it's a pretty simple plan, honestly. It's basically, yeah, Marcus just goes and hides somewhere, and then like they disarm it right before the arming thing comes on, and then they just steal stuff. It's very grounded in that way. I also love how just miserably hot Phoenix looks. Like whenever they shoot outside Phoenix, yeah, it looks like shit. They <laughs> it looks so hot that's just, that's the same thing in ghost world i forget where they are in ghost world mm-hmm. i think they're like in some like suburb in california but they make it just seem just like decrepit <laughs> and awful and hot and just like miserable to live in it's great it looks like a lot of the time they're shooting with a pretty long lens so it has a pretty narrow focus and so everything around them just like yeah has this like haze to it and they just look whenever they're not inside i mean when inside they're shooting in a you know, pretty classic lenses, but whenever they're outside, everything just looks so miserably hot and everyone just looks like they're like in a boiling room. Yeah. And like I said, everything looks like really ugly, like malls, you know, they're in a mall. It's ugly. The house that he eventually goes into, like the kid's house Mm -hmm. um, is like really ugly. Like it's just like an ugly, like rich person neighborhood. You know what I mean? (laughs) You know, they like stand around in like parking lots, very ugly, like yeah, like those are all the locations. It's incredible. Of course, they're in Phoenix, so there's no snow. So it's like, which I'm guessing was purposeful because if there was snow, then, you know, you could like at least have like some kind of like impression of like, oh, it's, you know, it's Christmassy. You know what I mean? When it's like, no, it's like they're in the desert <laughs> mm-hmm. where nothing grows and nothing lives. Like, <laughs> well, well, speaking of the kid, they meet the heat. Uh, Billy Bob Thornton meets the kid. I love when Billy Bob Thornton uh, is like interacting with all the kids throughout the movie. That's like one of the funniest parts in the movie. I like when that one kid goes up to him and he's like, I want Pokemon or something like that. Like he says, I want Pokemon. That killed me. I don't know why. Like they get the best kids and my kid like asks him for something and Billy Bob Thornton's like, what the fuck is that? Like, it was so funny. Like, like that's so, that, that, that killed me. But, but while he's doing that, he meets this kid named Thurman who's like this like large young boy I, I didn't realize like they don't really like names aren't really like something i connected with in the movie you know what i mean like i don't i'm looking at the wikipedia page mm-hmm. and like the little kid's name is thurman merman <laughs> sure is <laughs> yeah it definitely is he looks like a thurman but he's like a large man and he really thinks that um willie is santa and he's bullied he's bullied by like us skateboarders those skaters at the at the mall and uh he, like he talks to the kid and you know I love it too because it's not like they make like a connection right away. Right away, Willie is just kind of like, like, what do you want? And he doesn't say anything. And he's like, all right, get out of here. <laughs> like, there's no like initial connection. You know, it's, it's throughout the movie that they start making the connection. Yeah. Thurman is, I mean, an incredible performance by that kid because that he's just like this super awkward, weird 
kid. He's funny. He's, he's great. Honestly, one of the best performances in the film. Like he's just. Yeah, that's really the heart of the movie. The kid and mm-hmm. Willie, their relationship. Absolutely. And again, at the beginning, like there's just nothing there. Like Willie's just like, just, just fuck off. Like he, he doesn't give a yeah. shit about him. Thurman like doesn't really react to anything. He's just like, okay, like, he just, he's just kind of there. He's just kind of chilling, just doing his thing. Then you get the scene where he meets Sue, which who's a bartender. They like hit it off and they have sex in his car. From Gilmore Girls. Oh yeah, from yeah, 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 yeah. That's the only thing I know her from. <laughs> she's like one of the lead actresses, right? Like from yes. the show. Yeah, I've never seen the show, but I, I'm aware. Uh, you know, she looks familiar. You know. Yeah, and like she hits it off with Billy Bob Thornton, and they have sex, and she's like, oh. "Yeah, I like Santa's. I'm attracted to them." And he's like, "Okay, <laughs> all right." And then she walks away, and like right when she walks away, this guy, the guy from Office Space. He like comes out of nowhere because he was eyeing him in the bar. And I think they have like a weird, like they just like, it's just one of those fights that happens for absolutely no reason. And part of me is just kind of like, why is this happening? It's so random. But then another part of me is just kind of like, oh yeah, somebody would probably like, somebody would get mad about that. Like about nothing. You know what I mean? Just yeah. like people, somebody who's just completely off of it. Who's like, I'm going to start a fight. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminds me of that Days and Confused scene where they go to the party and the, the three uh, friends go in and one of the friends is like, oh, it smells like pot. And the guy goes up to him and he's like, what? Like, are you guys smoking weed? And he's like, no, just saying like, and like, they're, they're just starting a fight for no reason. That kind of <laughs> reminded me that he's like, he was like arguing with Willie about like being gay or something like that mm-hmm. or just completely like whatever. But they get into a fight and Thurman comes out of nowhere and like helps like shoo the guy away. And then Willie drives him home the kid he sure does he's driving in like this just like the most jalopy of all cars like it's this entirely rusted out piece of shit car yeah you don't even know how it runs and willie's just trying to get the kid home and thurman's Mm -hmm. like asking ridiculous like santa-esque questions like where are your reindeer and you know all these things and of course willie's just like bullshitting his way and he's trying to figure out like it's so funny I like that stuff too. That dialogue was also funny. And Willie's trying to figure out where his house is and they get to the house and Willie's asking, you know, is your parents here? Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, no, I just live with my grandma. And he's like, oh, like you don't have like, yeah. your dad's not here. Your mom's not here. He's like, no, just my grandma. <laughs> and so Billy, Bob Thornton, Willie puts on like a ski mask. Like immediately. <laughs> like immediately. Like the moment he walks into the house and the grandma walks up to him and she's like, oh, Thurman, you're home. And she looks right at Willie wearing a ski mask. And she's like, do you want some sandwiches? And then she just walks off. She's completely senile. Yeah, she's totally senile. I love it too. Like Willie is just like, so you're telling me that you live here with your grandma. There's no one else in the house. There's no one here. Like he's, he's like, oh, okay, I'm going to steal from them. And he does. He like steals like some money in the safe. Willie has literally no shame at all. Like just immediately steals. He's awful. Yeah, it's great. But that's sort of like, it's weird. It kind of starts off their friendship. Very strange. They're friends, I guess. Best friends forever. Yeah, stealing from him. (laughs) Oh, and the Thurman, the kid, says that like his dad is like exploring mountains or something like that, which as we will find out later is not true. I think from there you get to the point where it's back in the mall and the manager, the mall manager, uh, is concerned because he heard Willie having sex in the dressing room. He was having sex... Very gross how comedy e, but it's not like that bad. It's fine. Like, it's totally like, like he's just like addicted to sex and like booze mm-hmm. and like he doesn't care about anything else or anyone. Yeah. 
he tells uh, Bernie Mac's character, like, hey, we need to like investigate him more, see what's up with him. He's like, okay, we will. And I think from there, like Willie, like he goes to his uh, motel room, right? And it's being raided or mm-hmm. something. Yeah, like there's, they never show like who's in it, but there seems to be someone like raiding his room or, or something like that. Willie calls up Marcus and he's like, hey, like, I think there's someone in my room. I don't know who it is, but like, you know, he's there. He's like, do you have somewhere to crash? And he's like, I got just the place, man. Yep. He goes, he stays in Thurman's house. <laughs> so he's staying in Thurman's house, taking advantage of the kid. Like I said, the kid appears to actually believe that he's Santa. Very strange. Once again, they can make a connection. They are becoming friends. But like I said, it's not like too schmaltzy. It's not a schmaltzy movie. Like the kid and Willie, they're not like super palling around. You know what I mean? It's a very like slow build, which feels a little more real than just kind of like a, you know, like you could see this movie like in another light. Yeah, it's a pretty slow burn. I mean, Thurman, of course thinks this man is Santa, so he's immediately just attached to this man and is following this man everywhere. And you kind of see this in the montage of when Willie first gets there, where he's just, like, following Willie around everywhere, and Willie just, like, keeps yelling at this kid, and the kid just, like, he's just so persistent. He just keeps being there, just following Willie around, asking him questions about the logistics of being Santa Claus. It's kind of touching. It is. There's something very cute about it and even though Willie awful person one of the things that surprised me about this film is at no point does Willie stop drinking alcohol like at no point is he not drunk in this movie which going in I was expecting you know, your classic like you know he starts off super drunk and you know no one likes him but then he falls in love and he meets the kid and he stops drinking and you know he becomes a better person yeah but I appreciate that in this movie that really never happens. I mean, of course, later on, there is sort of a montage-esque version of this where, you know, he's a better person to this kid and, you know, he kind of goes steady, quote-unquote, with Sue. But even then, he's still, like, drinking constantly and still really isn't that good of a person, like, at any point in this movie. It's more about, like, doing the best that you can. You know what I mean? Like, doing at least, like, something good that makes, I don't know, life worth living kind of go back around it's revealed because bernie mac visits him he visits thurman's dad and he's in jail for embezzlement like he's in prison for embezzlement Mm -hmm. like for years and he sees now that willie is staying at thurman's place illegally so what he does is he confronts willie and marcus and he says like look i know what you guys are going to do i've investigated you guys i'm not going to say anything if you give me half of what you get i love that negotiation scene like of course willie like has no idea what's going on But Marcus is determined to, like, just negotiate the shit out of this. And the scene actually runs pretty long because Marcus is like, look, there's three of us, 30%. That's fair. And Bernie Mac's like, no, 50%. And Marcus goes, okay, 33%. And of course, Bernie Mac goes, 50%. And they just go back and forth again and again and again and again. And it's so, I think one of the reasons it works is the joke, like, runs way longer than it should. You'd think that joke runs like about a minute and then you're done, but the joke just keeps going and going. And there's a sort of humor in the just absurdity of how long Marcus insists on trying to negotiate even like a percentage down. And of course, Bernie Mac doesn't move a single inch. And of course, Willie doesn't give a shit at all. But it's brilliant in the fact that it's just so 
absurdly long. And like you said, he won't budge. Yeah, that's probably like the most comedic scene that Bernie Mac is in. Because he's just like, he has the um, upper hand. So he's going to get whatever he wants. I think the next scene too, you get another funny scene where uh, Willie destroys the Santa attraction. He shows up and he's just like, I think like he's like late and there's like a big line of people waiting for him and he shows up and he's just like, Mm -hmm. he's like his beard is falling off and he's just uh, like walking around, destroying things, cursing, you know, it's just so fucking funny. And Marcus and Jint, they're like, get him out of here. Now they're both in cahoots because they need him to still be working there, right? Like they need him to still work there. They can't be fired, but he's awful. Like Willie is just completely just a horrible drunk. Just the absolute worst. Like very few redeeming factors about Willie. He just doesn't give a shit. Just a total drunkard in the worst of ways. Like he's just really shitty. Once again, like (laughs) the movie's extremely miserable. Willie then attempts to kill himself with the vehicle exhaust fumes. I love how Thurman just walks in there. It's like, what are you doing? But yeah, that like he Willie stops doing that, of course, because he's like, like, I can't do it. You know, if Thurman wasn't there, he probably wouldn't have stopped, right? Yeah, he would be a dead man, but Thurman pulled him out of it. Is the reason he stops because Thurman has a black eye? Yes, exactly. Yeah, he has, he's like, why do you have a black eye? And you get another great set piece where he beats up the teenage skateboarders <laughs> at the mall. Willie, a grown-ass man, is beating up, like, 16-year-old kids. Just, like, beating the shit out of them. Yeah, he's just like, you gotta leave Thurman alone, okay? And he's just beating them up. It's so funny. He's still in the Santa outfit, too. He doesn't change. He's just always wearing the Santa outfit, like, most of the movie. Like, whatever. Like, including sure when he beats up... <laughs> Like that's the only clothes he owns. Yeah, including when he beats up the teenager. I think the next big scene is I think when they kill Bernie Mac. Marcus and his girlfriend Lois, they get Bernie Mac by like pretending they need a jump start and they mm-hmm. run him over with the car. <laughs> it's not really like done in a silly way. It's just they kill him. They just straight out murder him. I did not expect that scene. Like I did not see that coming in any way. They just straight up murders the man. It's, it's throat, pretty yeah. intense. You, you've never seen this side of Marcus before. You're like, mm-hmm. oh shit, this is a man who who knows what he wants, and I guess willing to uh, murder people to get that that sweet sweet money, the cash money flow, my friend. Yeah, they don't care. They kill him. I think it's like Christmas Eve now, and uh, it's kind of interesting because it's like they kind of have like a weird family unit now, where Willie, Sue, and Thurman kind of, and the grandma, of course. <laughs> There's that one scene where they walk in on grandma, and they think that she's dead. The uh, person who plays Sue, I don't know her name, but she like does a really good job at like kind of like acting as if like the grandma's possibly dead. I thought that was like a pretty good like little performance where it really does seem like on her face that she really believes that the grandma might be dead, you know, which she isn't. She like scares them and that's fun. But yeah, they have like a weird family unit where they're like dressing up the house and they're hanging out and they're just chilling. It's chill. Yeah. And Thurman gives his pickle. Yeah. It's a piece of wood. That he cut into a shape of a pickle, I guess. But it's entirely red because Thurman had severely cut his hand. Like, definitely should have got stitches for that fucking hand. And it just bled all over this uh, pickle for some reason. Like, it's just a piece of wood. But I guess it's the thought that counts. And and Thurman, he was really trying with that pickle. That's a good scene, too, where he's, like, (laughs) running down the stairs and he's, like, screaming and stuff. And that's a cute little scene. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's like Christmas Eve now and they're ready to burglarize the mall. 
I think they run into some difficulties. The safe is like a particular safe that's hard to crack. It's impossible to crack, you know, classic kind of heist fashion. Like, I've never cracked a safe like this before, but if anyone can do it, it's me. But he does it anyway. And I think uh, they're able to do <laughs> what they need to do. Tons of money. Earlier, Thurman said he wanted like a pink stuffed elephant. Sure does. So Willie's like, okay, I'm going to grab that for him. And Marcus, he betrays Willie. Marcus just, he's over it. He's done with, uh, I mean, to be fair, that's kind of a fair point. Like, Willie is kind of terrible at his job. Like, literally all he has to do is be Santa for 30 days out of the year. Like, that's all he's got to do. He's just got to, like, pretend to like kids. So I'm not saying murdering Willie is the best option, but you can see where Marcus is coming from. Marcus, he's tired of it. He's tired of Willie just being the worst at his like he just every single year he just keeps getting worse and worse and he's just a liability at this point like the fact that willie hasn't been arrested for something is genuinely astonishing marcus is like i can't do it anymore man it's over yeah (laughs) i have to murder you i have to kill you i have to murder (laughs) you right here in the wall and he's like about to do it like about to execute him but out of nowhere tons of police officers in the mall (laughs) <laughs> and they all run away. <laughs> and like, there's a firefight between Marcus. Willie runs away. He gets into his car. There's a car chase because he's determined to give Thurman the elephant. He does not care about the money. He doesn't care about anything else. All he wants to do is give the gift to Thurman. And there's like a big chase and he gets to Thurman's house. And it's like, a, I'm trying to think of like what movie is like it. Like, you know, it's like a scene in Godfather or something like that, where they all just open fire on him. And there's like, like 20 squibs on his back, just like firing out. <laughs> they like shoot the hell out of him. I don't want to see melodramatic because it's not melodramatic, but it's kind of ridiculous. And like, it feels almost like a scene out of From Here to Eternity. In the final scene from Here to Eternity, Frank Sinatra's character runs out into like this open field because it takes place during Pearl Harbor. And just gets shot the shit out of him, like right yeah. before he gets where he's trying to yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of the same thing here, like which I I love that. That's kind of the next scene is the kind of reference to this that the police were a little intense, and I love it. Like they're just like way over. Like they definitely did not need to shoot this man like twenty times, completely unnecessary. But it is also a very touching moment. Like you know, he has the yeah. little alpha in his hand, and again, it kind of goes back to this idea of how do you separate a tragedy from a comedy because throughout the law of this film, Willie's been kind of miserable. And this one thing, right, he finally finds something, finally finds someone, anyone to feel for, to care for, to love. Yeah. And right in front of the door, just a foot away from him, he misses like his only opportunity to be a part of something. Yep. And uh, of course, that's reflected a little bit more literally in the epilogue, of course, he doesn't die. I kind of wish that movie ended with him just dying, but I understand that like people, they like their movies to end very wrapped up tightly. So I understand, but you know, I, I don't know. Maybe I should have just... You can't have a sequel, Andrew. You can't have a sequel 15 years later if he's dead. I don't know. Maybe. You could have a sequel either way, I think. Nah. You, in the sequel, you could just retroactively say like, oh, he lived. <laughs> I agree. I think it would have been a a stronger film if it just ended there. But I think possibly even that might have been an original ending at some point in time. And Mm -hmm. 
the epilogue was kind of added to it. Because you could argue that the epilogue was added to it after simply because Billy Bob Thornton isn't in it and it's just a voiceover. And it's just like one shot, right? Yeah. It's a pretty simple, like there's not really a lot there. It's mm-hmm. just one simple scene. So I could definitely see the studio having a say in that sort of ending. Like the studio would definitely want, because who, who wants to see a... I mean, look at the marketing for Bad Santa. Look at the poster for Bad Santa, right? It looks like a, a fun little comedy from early 2000s. You don't want that to end with the murder of your main character. Like a Chinatown-esque <laughs> like ending. Yeah. Like, I don't hate the epilogue just because I, I like the conclusion of Thurman. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Basically, the movie ends with like a letter being told in Billy Bob's voice about like how he's going to be okay, like he lived. He's not going to get in trouble for the robbery. Lois and Marcus are in prison. Mm-hmm. Sue is now the guardian of Thurman. And the, one of the skateboarder kids like harasses Thurman. He kicks him in the crotch and he rides away in his bike, which that little scene in itself is, is worth the epilogue, I think. Yeah. Just Thurman like showing that like, not that violence is the answer or anything like that, but to, you know, the very, you know, uh, common kitty message of uh, standing up for yourself. Mm-hmm. If someone is bothering you or if you're being bullied, you should uh, stand up for yourself, defend yourself. And like you said, you know, like that relationship between the kid and Willie, it's fun to watch it develop. Thurman learns something. Willie learns something. And, you know, it's kind of a satisfying, you know, more or less satisfying conclusion to that relationship in the context of this movie. So, Andrew, final thoughts and reading? I thought it was, you know, pretty good. Like I said, it's pretty dry. It's a very dry looking movie, but I'm okay with that. Zwigoff isn't like a very like flashy director, which I like. He films everything very objectively. If you're looking for like a gross out comedy, it's not going to really be for you. But I do like how, like I said, it's like the most realistic Christmas movie ever. Everyone is miserable, but if you're lucky, you might be able to have like some kind of relationship with someone that sort of elevates your life from being awful to being pretty bearable. And yeah, it's kind of chill. It's nice. It's not a very like exhausting movie. Yeah. It's a nice tight 90 minutes. Totally fine. Yeah, I would give it like a six out of 10. Yeah. I definitely came into this film with pretty low expectations. I mean, I knew vaguely kind of the bad Santa kind of idea and I knew it was going to be sort of raunchy and that sort of thing. I did not think it would be nearly as sad or just tragic like christmas evil yeah it's kind of like the same experience we had at christmas (laughs) evil it was a very different movie than i thought it would be which isn't necessarily a bad thing i think it in that sense it is better than i thought and all the performances are incredible i mean i can't think of a single performance even sue who played by the woman from gilmore girls i don't think she's in Gilmore Girls, she's not exactly stellar, right? She's not giving exactly a stellar performance in Gilmore Girls, but who am I to say? Lauren Lauren Graham. Lauren Graham, that's right. But honestly, like from the kid to Billy Bob Thornton to Lauren Graham to Bernie Mac, all great performances. I didn't find the film funny. Like, I think there were some funny moments in it, but for me, I think it just wasn't the kind of... I think that's one of the strange things about comedy. There is this certain opinion that goes into it and one person's comedy just might not click for another person and for me other than a few scenes this movie didn't really click in that sort of way i found this film mostly to just be sad which you know there's nothing wrong with the film being sad but i don't know I, i found the film to be a little depressing at moments and i found willie to be 
not that likable of a character. I mean, I know he's trying and you are rooting for him in the end, but I don't know. I didn't find the experience overall to be that enjoyable. Like it was fine, but honestly, I'm only going to give this movie a three out of 10 because I just didn't find the experience to be that good. And I don't think there's really nothing like terrible to say about the film. I don't think it's a terrible film. It's certainly better than some of the films we've watched uh, for this podcast, but I just wasn't feeling it. Like I said, I wasn't like crazy about it, but it's definitely, uh, you know, it, it's a vibe. <laughs> All right, y'all. Thank you for listening. You can find me at AustinLugo12. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at ADHarp24 and also on Letterboxd at RetroAndrew, R-E-T-R-0Andrew. I uh, write reviews on there sometimes. And you can find this podcast wherever you hear podcasts. You can also find us at YouTube and Instagram at With Nothing To Say Podcast. And of course, thank you to Shannon for doing the Lord's work and editing this podcast. I know it's insufferable at times, but thank you, Shannon, and thank you all for listening. Thank you.